I'm your host, Larry Zonka, and this is episode 8 of the 411 on Wrestling Podcast. We are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, most other podcasting formats, and YouTube. Make sure to subscribe and share, as we would greatly appreciate it. We thank you guys for listening so far to the shows, and today... I am joined by my good friend, longtime podcasting partner, Stephen Jefferson Douglas Cook. How are you? Oh, hey, 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 friends. How's it going today, Brother Larry? It's going pretty well, man. Good, good, good. Big Sunday. Well, Sunday as we're doing this because this is like the one day where there's. Well, there, okay, there's a show later. ROH has a lot of shows these days. Uh, is that, they have some show today. Is that what you told me? Yeah, it's uh, the Road to the G1 Supercard show, so it's uh, kind of like a preview for next weekend's show. Yeah, I know that I know about the MSG show, but I didn't know they had another one. I guess, it, you know, more and more shows, I guess, is good for the people working there. Well, that, you know, they're trying to make the Honor Club thing, um, you know, worth it to people by airing all the, you know, pretty much making all the live events, Um available yeah, on yeah. the site and then yeah so the only the only thing you're not really seeing is the the tv taping so which makes sense because you're not going to want to spoil your tv anything but, uh, interesting yeah. on this show tonight um they're doing a briscoes versus a pco and brody king rematch mm. for the tag title so that they had a great match last time and you know let's see if hopefully they'll break down into chaos and trying to kill each other yeah the uh, Women of Honor match. Uh, Mark Haskins and Silas Young. Uh, PJ Black and Kenny King. Marty Skrull and Shane Taylor. Roosh versus Tracy Williams. Uh, and then The Kingdom versus Jay Lethal and Jeff Cobb versus Juice Robinson and Bandito. So, yeah, I mean, it, it looks like a fun show. Uh, nothing really jumps out, you know, is potentially great, but I think the... Uh, the Briscoes and PCO and King match is probably the, the one if I had to pick one match. But yeah, it's a solid little card to give a little uh, a little preview before next weekend. The one uh, ROH note I saw that I would, I'm also going to ask you about right now. I saw that uh, Tennille Dashwood is uh, now out of Ring of Honor. Like she tweeted that she's out and she's a free agent. So she didn't do a lot in WWE on the main roster and ROH was kind of the same story, right? She didn't do a whole heck of a lot there. I know there was the injury issue, but even before and after that, she never did a lot there. Yeah, absolutely shocking that ROH managed to do nothing with someone else in the Women of Honor division. Yeah, her and Mass and Rain had that same issue. It's, uh, it's the darndest thing. The Lizard Man just can't quite figure that whole situation out. Well, the, the other thing, too, is, is like you look at just... Um, you know, they lost Deanna Perrazzo and Karen Q to WWE, too. Yeah. I mean, you're just, that division just got, just, they haven't done anything. They've given nobody incentive to stay. And, yeah, I mean, you can't blame people for not resigning and bailing. So is All Elite probably her next stop? That would be my, that's my guess. I, I mean, I think it's definitely a possibility. I think it would be smart for them and probably for her too. But I mean, yeah, I mean, they really didn't do anything. I, I can't believe that, you know, they bring her in and then like you're, you're, you, you put her in the title tournament, you make a big deal out of actually signing her. And then the grand idea is 
you know, we're going to put the title on 50-year-old Sumi Sakai. <laughs> I never I, understood that for the life of me. Well, I, I get that they were doing the, she was there at the beginning, it's a feel-good story type of thing. Why is it the Well, no, but I mean, I get what they were going for. And then, like, the title reign lasted too long. She at least had some good matches. And then, like, you drop it to Kelly Klein, who is just blander than fucking toast. You know, playing white toast, man. Are you saying her and BJ Whitmer are a good match on that account? (laughs) That's Uh, not very nice. That's not very nice, but. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a fair assessment. But no, yeah, it's. Yeah, and then they, you know, so then like, and then like Kelly Klein manages to have like poor matches with fucking Mayu Iwatani, which is like, that's pretty hard to do. And then they're going to fucking have their third match of the year at the G1 Supercard. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I feel like Consuelo from the family guy. No, no. <laughs> We're feeling like that a lot about things these days, aren't we? Yeah. So, and speaking of feeling that way about certain things, Steve Cook, rumor came out this morning, according to Big Dave and the Observer Gang, that SmackDown may be going to three hours when it moves to Fox. Now, for everybody that's going to jump on me and go, there's no way it can go to three hours because the local news is 10, the plan would be two hours on Big Fox, hour three on FS1, and apparently the reason you're going to go, why would they do this? 50 million reasons. So, it's going to Friday, possibly the three hours, Steve, book your thoughts. Oh, gosh. Uh, it's it's the whole Friday move. I get why they're doing it, because I mean that's a dead night for TV. And Fox is assuming that the wrestling fans will stay home anyway. That That seems to be the main assumption. They stay home anyway. I mean, you know, we're used to watching New Japan and WoW and Impact or whatever the heck they throw on there. So why not put SmackDown Live on Friday nights? And I understand why they'd want to put something on FS1 because, you know, they lost all that UFC programming. And FS1 is in that battle. They're in a battle for number two pretty much as far as uh, sports networks go. With I know NBCSN passed them uh, last year, mostly based off the Olympics. And uh, it was mostly the Olympics why NBC, NBCSN did it. They got hockey, too. And. So that's a big battle. The in FS1, they have they have some baseball, they have college basketball, they got they got the NASCAR, but you can always use more. When you're a sports network, you want to have live programming. It's the money's in that. You know, as much as we love to talk about the studio shows and all the the debate, the embrace debate shows, it's all about having live programming and having a live hour of WWE. It's not technically not sports, but close enough. It's something to, to draw eyeballs to FS1. And hopefully they stick around for something else on that channel. I get it from the business perspective. Yeah. But as a wrestling fan who has a hard enough time watching the amount of output that WWE puts out on a weekly basis anyway, an extra hour of SmackDown is just a it's a it's a big gigantic no thanks for me. And if I had any confidence that uh, you know, adding an hour would make the show better, well, how many years have we had a three-hour Raw? And uh, do you want to go back and watch any of those three-hour Raws? I mean, I like watching the old Raws, like the old, old Raws, the hour Raws back in the day. You can go back, you can run through a bunch of those. 
if you're sitting there like even 10 years from now or so, are you going to be uh, sitting there watching three-hour Raw after three-hour Raw after three-hour Raw? No. And three-hour SmackDown is going to be the same damn thing. Yeah, and uh, I mean... You know, I mean, I'm someone that watches a lot of stuff, but I am not excited about it because, again, three-hour Raw. Here's the thing. Most weeks, SmackDown is much better than Raw because it flies by and it feels like it's laid out better. And I generally like the talent and the booking better. But the thing is, is even if you still have that factor going for you, adding the third hour is just going to give you the same problems as Raw has. You're going to end up with a bunch of filler, a bunch of stuff that doesn't mean anything. And then the show just starts. Like, there's times it's like Monday night. I swear to God, like, I, I used to do this all the time. And I see people on my timeline all, all the time going, Christ, it's only 9.30. And so it feels like the show's been going on forever, you know? Yeah. And I get that. And I don't, I don't blame anybody. I don't think shows, wrestling shows need to be three hours long every week. I think you just walk into too many booking traps. You start producing too much filler. It's no bueno. And uh, the other thing is people were maybe wondering, well, when are they going to take 205 Live? Rumor is that if they go to SmackDown three hours, 205 Live is done. Uh, they're just going to absorb the guys into the main roster. and See how it goes. So... Everybody you know what? As somebody, who, as somebody who hasn't watched 205 Live in God knows how long, I'll be honest. I, I like a lot of people gave up on it during the early event stage when it's just when you had uh, Cedric Alexander and Noam Dar feuding over Alicia Fox, or was that Rich Swan? Which one? I don't know. It, it, it was, was all nonsense. <laughs> it was all it bad. Was, it was Cedric. Yeah, it, it was, was Cedric. Got stuck with Alicia Fox and all that. Oh, some bad, bad stuff there. And I gave up on it at that point. People tell me, you know, ever since good old Scrap Daddy Iron Man Pierce took over, oh, it's banging. It's a banger now, as kids say. People yeah, love it. Yeah, when, um, when Vince stopped running it and Triple H took over creative of it, and yeah, Scrap Daddy's a big producer there, yeah, the show became way better. Um, it was a lot of, it was a combination of good in-ring and simple booking and just not overthinking the product. It was basically what the Cruiserweight Classic was. It was what they wanted the show to be at first until Vince came in and said, everybody needs a personality, pal. You know, and then he, like, started doing shit with Alicia Fox and Noam Dar and Cedric, which was just fucking horrible. And then the Enzo run, and, yeah. But, and, you know, it's like, you know what cracks me up real quick? He's like, since we're talking about SmackDown, but, like, last week, you know, Oscar loses the title of Charlotte. I read a column about it. And someone's like, well, if she had a, um, what was it? If she had any presence or character at all, maybe they wouldn't have taken the title off her. And I'm like, or maybe if they would have actually booked this fucking SmackDown Women's Division at all, wouldn't have had a big problem. Yeah, like, yeah. There's no problem with her ring work. There's no problem with her persona. There's no problem with her presence. Especially when she gets fired up and starts yelling in Japanese and stuff. It's just like, she looks like a bad motherfucker. But the thing is, is they, they just, they ruined the whole division because you sit there and you have her win a TLC. You know, big match. And then she taps Becky out 
the next month. Tunnel run off to a phenomenal start. And then you proceed to do absolutely nothing in actually building up that SmackDown division because you've taken Charlotte and Becky and you've put them on Raw essentially. So now you want, you know, people that don't like the WWE now, they don't like this match. Again, that's their fucking problem. You know what? Develop someone from NXT. Oh my god, hey, there's Nikki Cross on the main roster off doing her thing. Who actually has a great history with Austin. There's Ember Moon on Raw who has history with Austin not doing anything. There was Roy Wyatt who could be used much better, but her pals have been fucking gone all over the time for the more terminator. Don't tell me they're stuck with this and control the whole goddamn company fucking move talent around anymore either. So that just blows the shit out of me. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, jeez. Larry, I cannot hear you right now. Okay, I'm here. There you go. There you are. Oh, wow. <laughs> you, like, completely fade out there. Um, not quite. Like, it. you just kind of, like, faded out. Okay, that's odd. Yeah. Well, that's okay. We'll, we should be fine. Yeah, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll be okay. But, <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I mean... The, and you're you're right. Uh, I they they put her over TLC, which is great. That was fine, and they did the thing with Ronda there. Then it, the th- the thing is the Royal Rumble, which not only uh, that also affected the build for the whole Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch thing, because you had Becky losing to Oscar Clean, have her tap out, and then she wins the Rumble, and that was a yeah. Don't get yeah that whole clusterfuck with the booking of that match. I'm sure we'll get to that later on. But that had been fine for Asuka, except Asuka was gone of... How many weeks was she gone? Two weeks, three weeks that she didn't appear at all? It was something like that, yeah. It felt like she was just... Her was not, and the whole division were such a non-factor. She wasn't even there. And then when she finally comes back, she loses the frickin' Mandy Rose. That was the first thing she did when she came back after after being Becky Lynch at the Royal Rumble, going over, making Becky tap out. You thought that would have been a big deal or something. But no, we're just going to leave her off TV for a few weeks. And then she's going to come back, and she's going to lose to Mandy Rose. And you wonder why people don't care about Asuka. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's just completely frustrating. It's, you could have had so much more out of the title reign, which is like, and I understand what WWE is doing, but I don't think it's needed. I think you would have been fine with Becky and Ronda, and I think that you could have done – you know, if you wanted to do major things, you could have done a Charlotte Oscar rematch at Mania. Yeah, I think that's what you're all rooting for was Charlotte versus Oscar and Becky versus uh, Ronda. Yeah, because then you have potentially two very good to great women's matches that are going to represent you well and play off of your whole thing. But uh, yeah, it's just I, I just feel like they, you know, I I, I love this phrase. But the Europeans use it all the time on when we're talking on Twitter, instead of buried, uh, their favorite phrases th- got thrown in the bin. And I got Throwing to use it. I call them. And it was like, yeah, they threw the whole fucking division in the bin they because didn't. they were so so consumed with building up the um, the raw women's thing. And I get it because it's the main event. It's, it's not that I don't get it. But again, robbing Peter to pay Paul. You know, is you don't... 
it's just ridiculous. I don't. The timing on it has just been horrendous. Yeah. Like they finally decide this week. It's like Vince or somebody. Well, pal, Charlotte hadn't won a match since October. We better do something with her. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's have her beat. Let's have her beat Oscar and make sure that she has reason to be in the match. And then there's a whole business where, and I don't know how you feel about this particular aspect of it. I figured if you're gonna have the Raw champion or SmackDown champion in a match, why isn't the unification match? Yeah, it should be. <laughs> why isn't it? Yeah, apparently I love I love because, and some people are making fun of Dave for this report, but like, if you know Vince McMahon, it's totally fucking true. Apparently, the the match is supposed to be the cold winner takes all, but the winner's not going to take all. Right. They're just going to win the title, whichever champion they fucking pin. And that's like such a Vince thing, too, because he like totally doesn't understand terminology sometimes. I mean, he doesn't want you to say, you know, certain things like belt and gets all angry, but it's like, come on. But yeah, I don't know. Frustrating. But uh, we're going to stick to talking about some women. We're actually going to talk about some impact wrestling because he doesn't always watch impact, but. He wanted to talk about a couple things from this week's episode of uh, Impact, which was the Against All Odds show. And the first thing I know Steve wants to comment on is the debut of Scarlett uh, Bordeaux. Indeed. And plus, Scarlett's butt was kind of out, so you can't help. Well, you know what? Charlotte Bordeaux, Scarlett Bordeaux is a fantastic wrestler, a fantastic individual. I think we can all agree on that. And uh, they're building up her big debut against... Uh, our good friend, the Disco Inferno, Glenn Gilberti, calm what you will. And Larry Zonka, I've often wondered, uh, when I read, this is completely, it's kind of related, but not really. Because Disco, he's kind of building the match up, uh, you know, in his various podcasts and whatnot. My talking about talking smack about uh, ladies wrestling and that. It's part of the build. I get it. But then I have to wonder, when I see wrestling news sites out there, and we do it too, we post uh, news bites about what Disco Inferno says about this or that. And I've just always wondered why anybody would care what Disco Inferno has to say about anything. Well, I guess somebody does. I just don't get it. Yeah. Well, generally, I don't think many do. But the, the thing with the women's wrestling stuff um, was like a hot button thing because of, you know, WWE pushing the women to the main event and stuff. And then you got Disco saying, like, women don't draw and. Velvet Sky is the best women's wrestler, I think, and stuff like that. And Velvet well, like, did have a hell of an entrance. I'll give her credit for Yeah. That. But when you say things like that, that just, they just feel like trolling, you know, and they make a great headline. So, I mean, that's honestly probably. You. But, yeah, I don't think it's so much people care about what he says. But, like, you know, people look for outrage and headlines and stuff and, you know, Disco Inferno says Velvet Sky's the best women's wrestler. Is like a hell of a headline. It's like I, I, I feel the same way about Bully, Bully Ray stuff too. Yeah, Bully Ray has a show, and every week we have to have multiple news lines about what Bully Ray said about this or said about that. And I don't care if Bully Ray has said about anything either. So there's that. I said it. Okay, but this uh, this is uh, this is good though. And Disco did manage to use his uh, online uh, soapbox to kind of build a match by talking smack about the ladies wrestling. And him and Scarlett go out there, and they have a pretty, they have a pretty solid match, I thought. Uh, a lot better than I was expecting, and the right person won, and yeah, good stuff. So, how do you feel about Scarlett's future in the knockouts division? Does she stack up with the likes of uh, 
Jordan Grace and uh, Taya Valkyrie and Tessa and all that? Um, honestly, like I've seen a fair bit of her matches. I think for the gimmick she plays, she's very good at it. I just think overall as a wrestler, she's not very good. Um, it's I don't think it's an effort thing. I think she tries. I just um I've never seen like a match of hers that I would say I want to go back and watch that or I want to recommend it to someone. Well, well not for the work rate anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean I mean, God bless her. I'm sure she's um I mean, I'm sure yeah, she's a very nice person and everything, but I just I don't know. I, I think she has a role. You know, again, I think she plays the gimmick really well. I think she's pretty good on the mic. Obviously very good looking. She has a place there. I just don't think it's going to be like... If she gets one of those title runs, it's going to be like one of those weird title runs like WWE used to do with like people like Maurice that fell out of place at the time. Yeah. You know, and stuff like that. But I mean, I don't know. I, th- I think it's fine. I don't... I know a lot of people that totally dislike her and don't think she has a place at all, but I did. Yeah, there's 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 place for her because there's, you know, you need variety. Okay, you have Jordan Grace who's like, you know, a little short powerhouse, and then you have like Tessa who's, you know, the entitled third generation star and a great athlete, and that you know Scarlett is just the, I I'm a sexy chick and I'm bringing sexy back and I'm the smoke show and I want women to feel good about themselves and you know whatever. I mean, she's totally different than everybody else. So yep, yep. I don't see a big problem with it. I don't, I don't see the need for any outrage. It kind of cracks me up. It's like, if she went in there the first night and, like, beat Tessa clean in, like, three seconds and won the title, yeah, I mean, we could complain. Yeah, that'd be different. I mean, they're, they're, they're doing something with her, and they're trying to, you know, I generally think she's very entertaining. Because, like I said, I think she's good on the mic, and she plays into the gimmick really, really well. And if you're going to do that kind of thing, you have to be really good at it. And I think she is. She does a good job at it. And you mentioned variety. And I think uh, one, of the, one of the strong points of impact uh, often for, for me is the variety it presents. And the other thing I wanted to talk about off that show was uh, something completely different from everything else on the show. Uh, they went back to the Undead, the undead Realm. You had uh, Rosemary running around. You had... Uh, you had Kira Hogan run around, and of course you had the father James Mitchell, who Larry knows one of my all-time favorites. Just a oh, fantastic talker. Back in the TNA, the glory days of TNA, Mitchell. I mean, he's been one of their best. He's one of their best promos of all time. Guys, yes. just guys, just top notch in his in his role. Like as a as an evil kind of devil kind of guy, he's just perfect at, at that. And what he's what he's brought to this whole situation has been great as well. And he had the big showdown with uh, Rosemary, and of course Dark Alley was there. And there were Rosemary was wrestling some different people. There's some big dudes. Sue Young the, was there. The Luchasaurus the, was there. The Luchasaurus was there. That's who that was. I'm I was a little confused about all that, but uh, this all leads up to uh, you know James Mitchell having the knife to Kira Hogan. Kira looked petrified of all this. Oh, <laughs> she she's looking at her watch. I think she's waiting, wondering where her food was or something. But. Uh, <laughs> And uh, they're about to land a death blow to Rosemary, and uh, good old Dark Alley has a change of heart at the last second, jumps in the way, and takes the Freddy Krueger hand to the hand to the neck. And we had a death, Larry. Dark Alley, Alley died. She is dead now. 
Yeah. And, and the other thing you 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 did miss one thing. I'm surprised. Oh, which it was the is? fact that um during this whole thing, Father oh. James Mitchell kept telling uh Rosemary that she had to talk to him. Yeah. You know, basically the higher power uh down in hell or in the death realm, and it was revealed to be the fucking taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan. Of course it was. Who else would be the higher power in an undead realm in pro wrestling other than Kevin Sullivan? I know. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. But it was just great because he comes out all robed up and take, takes off the hoodie of the robe, and he's he's just fucking being <laughs> Kevin Sullivan. You know, it's like, it's. I mean, you bring in Kevin Sullivan, you have to do Kevin Sullivan things with him. And it's just, yeah, it was... It was a lot better than the ROH Kevin Sullivan run. Yes. I mean, but I mean, he was playing, he, had, he didn't have a whole lot to play off of there. He had like Carino and Whitmer, eh, that's a mess. But this is good stuff. And Dark Alley, Alley's now passed away. And I guess she moves on to All Elite uh, whenever they start doing things. Yeah, yeah. She, uh, she took the death blow, got her soul back, and turned back into Bunny Alley. And there was a big emotional moment at the end with. Rosemary and Kira, and then Allie disappeared yeah. off in AEW land. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know what, though? I mean, I get that some people are going to really hate it, probably, and I get it. But, hey, they wrote her off. Yeah. I mean, they literally killed her off, but they wrote her off. She can still come back, too. I mean, it's the Undead Realm. I'm sure people come back all the time around there. Exactly. But, I mean, you know, they, they did a good job. They wrote the character off, and now everybody can continue on, and, you know, you don't really have to reference it. And just, you know, it's not like she, you know, you give, I give Allie credit. She made sure she finished up and everything, and, you know, technically put Sue Young over because she let Sue kill her. Yeah. So, yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Doing the time honor tradition. <laughs> Going out on your back six feet under. There you go. That's right, huh? Alley on her back. Wait, what? Hold on. But yeah, so um, yeah, that was the that was the big angles from Impact with the ladies there, and I figured since Steve wanted to talk uh, Impact, we would because you know I know you don't get to watch it as much as other stuff, so I was like, all right, we'll throw when it I in. A, when I see some good YouTube clips, I I check it out. <laughs> I see Scarlett Bordeaux about the wrestle. Yeah, well, I'm checking out James Mitchell. Fair yep, sign me up. Yeah, don't Jim ask Mitchell. me about whatever Johnny Impact's doing. I don't know about any of that. Yeah, Jim Mitchell was awesome, but um, we're gonna move on to the uh kind of the meat and potatoes of today's show is uh Steve Cook WrestleMania coming up a week from today. Yeah, I think it's about to start here in a couple hours. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, we're gonna go over the card that we have. There's uh before we get into it, there's supposed to be three matches added onto what we have. A Raw tag title match, a SmackDown tag title match, and apparently a John Cena match. So, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> that what that called, that's what that's what we call too the John Cena match. Yes, the John Cena match. <laughs> but um, so we got WrestleMania coming up, Steve. It looks like a seventeen match, seventeen hour show, and uh, <laughs> we'll see what the hell happens. But starting off. We'll, we'll stay with the ladies one more. There we'll go with the women's battle royal. Yeah, buddy, women's battle royal. Is there a list for this somewhere? They have a uh, list of the inducted people in this in this nonsense. Kinda, thing. but like it's mostly everybody you'd expect right now. 
all the people that aren't in the tag team match and the title. So Oscar yeah. uh, is in the women's battle royal, basically. Yeah, Oscar, and uh, probably Mandy Royce, Mandy, uh, Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, um, God, Alicia Fox, probably. Since we we dropped it, her it, name earlier, if she's sober. If she's sober. Oh, that's right. She had her little business. I hope she's doing okay. Anyway, um, Asuka. <laughs> I'm just going to pick Asuka, because why the hell not? That's how you That's how you give her her rub back now. After she lost so much putting Charlotte over, you give her that rub by putting her with the Battle Royal trophy, since it worked wonders for Naomi over the past year. Yeah, it's like last year's match was, I thought it was a good Battle Royal. I thought it was better than the men's. And, you know, it was good that Naomi won, but like you said, they just... They didn't do jack shit with it. Not a damn it's thing. Same thing they do with the men's winners. So mm. equality. <laughs> equality. That's right, brother. So, but yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement. If you give Oscar the win, you can give her a. That's a good reason for her to say I deserve a, a rematch and, you know, stuff like that. But yeah, no, yeah. you know what she does. No, no, I'm gonna make this completely stupid, which is what they've been doing anyway. After Oscar wins this women's battle royal on the pre-show. She should be all like, I am Asuka. I am ready for title match. And then you can put her in main event. Four-way. Yeah, why not? I don't Charlotte think can that... be there. Why not Asuka? Well, because Asuka uh, <laughs> isn't blonde with big tits. No, that's, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't it be funny, though? It and would I feel be. like that's how we book things in wrestling now, just by saying, wouldn't that be funny? Unfortunately, that's kind of how it feels most days. So, uh, we're going to go on. We got speaking of funny, speaking of funny, I got a good segue. How about the, let's just bang out the, the next battle royal, the men's battle royal. Why not? That's right. The Andre, the giant probably, right? No, Uh, hold on. They're going to have those SNL assholes on there. So, well, they, they, you know what? They might have it on the pre-show on the USA portion. Oh yeah. You can type those guys, but yeah, you have the, uh, Andre, the giant Memorial geek battle royal where, the winner never matters. No. They're just a dude because they did nothing with Cesaro. They did nope. nothing with Big Show. They did nothing with Mojo. They did nothing with Baron Corbin. They did nothing with Matt Hardy. They've done a lot with Baron Corbin, unfortunately. <laughs> Not immediately after winning that match, but later on they've done a lot with him. Well, yeah, I mean, he looks he looks special in his TJI Fridays outfit. So. That he does. That he does. So you got Braun winning, or you got like one of the SNL guys winning, or I'm just praying that one of the SNL geeks doesn't win. But um, I'm uh, I don't know, man. They, it seems like the bloom is off the rose of Braun, man. It really is. They just don't really seem to give a shit and lost faith. And I mean, it's not like they're gonna do anything with the winner. So I don't know. I'm maybe Andrade. That's what I'm. That's, I think that's what I'm yeah, going yeah. with. I like Andrade. I wouldn't mind that. It'd be nice to see him get a win and do something. But if he wins the battle royal, he probably won't do anything. See, there's the catch. (laughs) I say you give Braun the win. I think there's going to be a swerve with him and the SNL guys. They'll end up being on his side somehow. Why not? Oh, geez, that sounds amazing. They can all raise his arm on on the USA Network. Um, I saw somebody mention that since they had Saturday Night Live last night, apparently they did, Chad Perry mentioned this on the Twitter, they didn't mention the WrestleMania on Saturday Night Live. Do they have a Saturday Night Live uh, 
this Saturday before WrestleMania? I believe so. I think okay. uh, Jeremy said they they that's had one because uh, that's when they had mentioned it then. Yeah. Well, I hope they do a Braun appearance. Well, they're gonna be in New York, New Jersey. They'll be in New York slash yeah. New York slash New Jersey. So I think that would make sense to have Braun pop out on just the, have him pop out during weekend update and destroy yeah. the set. Yeah. Yeah, destroy the set. That that'd be good. That would make sense. Yeah. So I don't know if it up. result in any extra viewers, but it'd be something. Well, hey, I mean, yeah, at least. You know, you can say Braun was on SNL, though. I mean, that's something. Yeah. So we will go next to, since we were just talking about him a second ago, Baron Corbin versus Kurt Angle and Kurt Angle's retirement match. Uh, so, you know, people were being mean to Kurt Angle this week because he had some bad moments in his matches with uh, Samoa Joe and AJ Styles that didn't quite go so well. Well, he is breaking down before our eyes. So. He is. I mean, and that's what I mean. That's why it's it's a shame that they decide to book this Kurt Angle farewell tour a month before WrestleMania, where all yeah. of a sudden they decide, okay, let's have Kurt Angle retire and do a little tour. If they had maybe thought of it like six months earlier or something, he could have spread out all these matches, and Kurt might have Kurt would probably do better on like a more spread out kind of schedule than Monday, Tuesday, bang, bang, bang. So, eh, just, you know, bad, not a terrible idea, just poorly thought out and poorly executed. That sounds friendly. And uh, Baron Corbin being the final opponent. Now, Larry Zonka, I'm going to ask you straight up right now. The speculation, the scuttlebutt, the rumors, Big Dave, they all say, they all say John Cena is not going to be in this match. But do you think it's going to be Angle versus Corbin? That that's going to be it? I think so because I think it's it's one of those things with Vince. Um, you know, fuck you. That's the match I'm booking. I've already changed other shit. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give in on this one. You know, I could definitely see that. But um, all I know is the shorter this match is, the better. Yes. <laughs> for everybody involved, including us watching, it just yeah, it needs to be short. Um, I just you know what? I'm sorry. Everybody's like. Oh well, you don't want Angle to put over a younger talent. No, I, I would. I, if I did, I'd want him to put over some someone worth it, not Baron Corbin. Exactly. exactly. Horrible. So um, it just do a real short match. Kurt, Kurt, you know, you know, Baron Corbin tries a snake attack on, you know, Kurt Angle eventually avoids him. You know, Baron Corbin runs into the post like he does every fucking match. Let Kurt hit a German. Angle slam, ankle lock, done. Get in, get the fuck out, give Kurt his moment. Thanks, buddy. And we're done. The simpler, the better, yes. Make it simple. Keep it simple, stupid. That's all you need right there. Um, I could see them putting Corbin over there because Vince, uh, Vince does have his certain people that he likes. And they do seem to like Baron Corbin for some reason. Oh, I can totally see it, yeah. I just don't think it's... Meet it? <laughs> yeah, because I just—he's horrible. Let's hope that our discussion of this match lasts longer than the actual match. Yeah, I just—I I don't want it to be long at all. So uh, we will move on. Uh, Cruiserweight title match: Champion Buddy Murphy versus Tony Nese. So are they both? Uh, are they both still uh, evil doers, Murphy and Nese? Is because uh, I know they're—they were on the same side of the fence. I know they were. Uh... 
you know, kind of aligned, maybe, kind of, sort of, not really. Yeah, they they were like uh they were buddies, and uh, as soon as Tony Nese won the uh number one contenders thing, Buddy came out and they did a little celebration moment together, and Buddy was like, "Hey, point at the WrestleMania sign, it's your moment," and they fucking beat his face off. So. <laughs> There yeah, you go. There you go. And he still has the ten pack of abs. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, was it? It's like he actually has like an eight pack the other week, and like um, I think Vic Joseph said something like, "He's like that's quite a six pack on Nice," and Nigel's like, "Don't insult the man. It's an eight pack." That's right. Know, it's, that's like, right. it's like don't don't denigrate his hard work. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So yeah, Nice and uh, Tony Nice and Buddy Murphy, Steve. That, uh, you know, and I've already told you, I don't watch a whole heck of a lot of 205 Live. They've been building up Murphy pretty strong. I don't I don't think they've built Nice up that much. He did win the tournament. But I think Buddy's just going to keep running with it. I think Buddy's going to become the like the annual champion of all time, seems to be what they're doing, until they build up a nice young baby face to possibly go over the man. Yeah, I actually fully agree. It's, uh, you know, the... It's been nice to see Nice get a push, and instead of just kind of being a guy on the brand, uh, I think there's uh, more meat on the bone with the Buddy Murphy title run, especially because if you look in NXT, there's a bunch of guys that there's rumored to be uh, be bringing up, like uh, you have ACH and Trevor Lee and DJZ, oh, yeah. Shane Strickland's coming in, and then uh, Kushida is going to be reporting. So, I mean, you have a whole bunch of guys that you could – if you want to freshen up the 205 Live roster, you have all these guys, be fresh matchups, and Buddy's been great as champion. He delivers every time out. So um, hopefully they get enough time to have a really good match here. But um, And, and the, the thing is, too, is like Buddy's great. Nice is extra motivated these days because he's actually getting pushed. Plus, Mania is basically in his hometown now. There you so, go. Yeah, I mean, I think this definitely has possibility to be great. Um, quick cruiserweight related question uh, from a news bite I saw out there, a rumor, if you will, on the on the grapevine. Uh, Johnny Gargano, a man of uh, much uh, much contention and speculation. There's been some thoughts I've seen that Johnny Gargano might be head 205 Live, which strikes me as it would be great from an in-ring perspective. And there's probably a lot of stuff he he could do with the guys in that brand, but everybody is dreading it because they want Johnny to actually do things that people pay attention to. But then I wonder what else would Johnny do on the main roster that people pay attention to. So uh. yeah, it's it's like a fucking catch twenty two because if he's on two hundred five live, like nobody's really going to be watching him. But if he's on the main roster, is he just is he going to end up like EC three doing nothing and on main event? Probably. You know, so yeah, I damned heel Tommaso Ciampa against neck broken. Kill, kill Johnny's chances on the main roster, man. They were doing well as DOI until damn Chiampa had to get hurt. Such a bastard. Fucking his fault. Yeah. Um, so next up, we will go to Falls Count Anywhere, The Miz and Shane McMahon. I have liked, I liked the build. I, liked, I have liked the builds this match. I mean, Miz did a great promo, was it two weeks ago, where he's talking about it, talking all this stuff and came off more likable than he ever has in his life. And Shane McMahon has done a good job with his stuff. Uh, the, I, I enjoy their their angle back in Cleveland where Shane attacked him from behind and pie-faced the Miz's father, Mr. Mizanin. Oh, Miz's dad, a legend, by the way. I think we we all agree on that, right? <laughs> yeah, it, I, I, I agree with uh, what you've been saying, too. It's um, 
I think it's been booked well. I'm just, and I thought Mrs. Promo was really great, but I'm not, I'm just not a fan in 2019 of Shane getting a WrestleMania spot. Yeah, the match is uh, kind of where it falls apart for me. And this falls count anywhere, so I'm sure that Shane will get to do something stupid. That's always a, always a highlight. Miz will be busting his ass, I'm sure, because, you know, it's a great opportunity for him to shine against uh, old Shane O'Mac and kind of reestablish himself. He, you know he wants to be back on that main event level. I mean, he yeah. had been, you know, he had his WWE champion back several years ago. And ever since, ever since that uh, match with Cena didn't go so well, Miz has been back to, uh, you know, the, that next rung below. Been on the upper mid card. He's still a guy that gets, he, he's always been a guy that gets good reactions, whether good or bad. Um, but he wants to be that main eventer again. And a good showing here of Shane would help him get up to that next level. And depending on how things shake out and other business on SmackDown, I still think we got to see a, a Brian Miz feud again at some point, right? With Definitely. With Brian is the heel and Miz is the face. I think that we got to be seeing this here at some point. And uh, so what I'm saying is that both these guys can be motivated. I think it's going to be better than we expect. I'm not saying it's going to be a, you know, an eight-star WrestleMania classic or anything like that. I do think we'll see Shane do something stupid. And I think uh, Miz will get a nice moment at the end when the Miz goes over. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. And the good news is with the stipulation is, you know, the smoke and mirrors will definitely help. Oh, yeah. Dog and pony show. Yep. Maurice, is, uh, Maurice had her baby, right? So she can come out. Yeah, I mean, there you go. But I, I think it'll be better than I'm thinking, like, initially. But I just, um, like I said, I'm just, I don't think in 2019 you need Shane on the Mania card. You know? Yeah, no, but how else are you going to get the 17 matches? We don't need 17 matches, I'll tell you well, that. I'm with you on that. So next we will go to the women's tag title match, which half of this match we definitely don't need. <laughs> and that's uh, the ta- that's uh, Nia Jackson, Tamina, and the Iconics. And then uh, Beth Phoenix and Natalya enrolled, as well as Sasha Banks and Bayley as our champions. Yeah, we could have done this with just uh, the Boston Hug and Divas of Doom, quite honestly. And yes. don't get me wrong, I am a fan of uh, the pres- of some of what Billy Kane Payton really brings to the table. They're not really necessary in this match. And uh, Nia and Tamina are, are what they are, let's be honest. But it's nice to see, you know, Beth, I feel like Beth gets treated, she gets more respect now than she did when she's an active wrestler. Yeah. I think the company treats her better. The company treats her like a bigger deal now than they did when she was actually active with them. Interesting dynamic there. It is. Something to do with. It might have something to do with Edge. I don't know. It might. May not. But uh, I just, I I, I like, I I like Bailey and Sasha and I like Beth and Natty and, you know, I like Billy and Peyton too. I just feel like this match is going to be one of those kind of matches that might be bowling shoe ugly, if you know what I'm saying. Yep. Like a lot of stuff going on, a lot of stuff being blown. Um, you know, Bailey and Sasha have had their moments as far as, you know, th- that sort of thing goes. As much as we like them, they've just some been some moments where they're not on the same page or them and their opponents aren't on the same page. I I feel like it's going to be a bit of a mess. And hopefully at the end of the day, I, I hope ba- Bailey and Sasha win and continue their reign because I don't really see a better alternative in the match. Yeah, I think it's a... Uh has the chance to be a disaster thanks to Nia, Tamina, and the Iconics. 
I'm hoping for the best, and champion should probably retain. All right, if there's a little uh, hiccup there in the recording, uh, it's because we had to stop. I had to deal with something with the kid. Uh, this is the 411 on Wrestling, Episode 8, and we are talking WrestleMania with Steve Cook. And Steve Cook, we're to keep uh, with some championship matches. We're to move on to the United States Championship match, Samoa Joseph versus Rey Mysterio. Samoa Joe and Rey Mysterio is, uh, you know, we're talking about talking about Rey Mysterio, of course, a legend of the business at this point. He's been around forever. Um, <laughs> he's been around for a while. Am I right? I'm not oh, being yeah. too mean to the man by pointing out he's been around for a very long time. No, debuted in the early 90s. The early 90s. His knees are a lot younger, though. He's had them replaced a few times. He's still <laughs> hanging in there, doing some good stuff, still a fantastic wrestler, and Joe has finally kind of gotten on track lately. Um, he's uh, he's been cutting great promos for the past several months now. He's got himself the United States Championship. He might have lost to Kurt Angle, but we know it doesn't matter when champions lose matches, right? That doesn't that doesn't matter at all. That's good. Uh, pretty much, yes. No big deal there. So I think we'll have a nice. Uh, this will be a fun little match here. Is there any chance they're going to add Andrade and Archer to the last minute, like they did last <laughs> month with the? <laughs> <laughs> it, I We're mean, just gonna randomly you, add people. That's. Not, I mean, you joke, you joke, but it's like I, I could see Vince walking out and be like, "Listen, pal, you know." Like, yeah. Oh God, but yeah, I hope not because I think this has a ton of potential because Joe is an absolute great bully heel. Yep. You know, he's just a great monster, and then you have Ray, who is one of, if not the best, underdog babyface performers ever. And, you know, you mix those together and then you look at the interactions they've had recently this year in the multi-man matches. They work really well together. It's Mania. You know Joe has to be amped to be on the Mania main card in a title match. Absolutely. He was out last year, right, when he injured? Yeah. Yeah, so is this first one? I think it's his first one, yeah. Yeah. So that'll be good times. And then you got Ray, who... It just looks rejuvenated. He's happy to be back on the big stage. This is a good match for him. Uh, the only thing to really think about now is the Dominic dynamic. They, <laughs> they, they brought in uh, Eddie's son to yes, uh, hang out with Ray. And, um, but uh, I, I think the story is going to be one of two things. I Either way, I see the feud continuing past me. I either see that Dominic helps Ray win the title which is kind of your obvious thing because they want to show the bully a lesson. Or Joe just fucking eviscerates the child at some point during the match, which distracts Ray, makes him lose focus, and Joe wins, and then, you know, they carry on. Um, either way, though, I think young Dominic will get eviscerated either during or after the match because if Ray wins, you know Joe's going to kill him. Yeah. You didn't also, but there's also the potential. I mean, we're talking about the son of Eddie Guerrero here, right? A classic heel, if there ever was one. Well, how can why wouldn't Dominic turn his back on his uh, alleged father, Ray Mysterio? Ooh, ooh, yeah. There's, there's all we're making movies, Steve. There's all kind of things to tell here. Can you and Joe could cut a promo about it afterwards about how Joe is, and Joe could say how Joe is Ray's real daddy. There you go. That's a little right. tagline there for you. I like it. But uh, yeah, no, I see a lot. I think this could be tremendously fun. I'm uh, kind of excited for it just because I'm excited because it's Joe's first major mania match. And uh, you know he's a guy like AJ we've talked about for years, Steve. 
it's a it's a great moment for him, you know. Yep. And yep. I'm, I'm very happy for him to get it. So um, yeah, and we'll stick another title match, intercontinental title match, the uh, champion Roberto Lashley versus Finn Balor. Your thoughts, Steve? Well, it's a little interesting if you take a look at the WrestleMania promotional poster came out. You saw a bunch of different people on that poster. And one of his people was Finn Balor, albeit Finn Balor in his Demon King persona. Yep. So there's a very good chance that if we're promoting the Demon King on the poster, we see the Demon King, which I they still call him the Demon King, right? That's yeah. On this on this show, so we could even hear tomorrow night on Raw where it's announced that the the Demon King Finn Balor will be at WrestleMania. To take on Bobby Lashley, in which case Lashley doesn't have a chance. And let's be honest, Bobby Lashley can't beat the regular Finn Balor with a tag team partner. So why am I supposed to buy Bobby Lashley beating the Demon King in a in a singles match? It's no, not gonna happen. Exactly. We're gonna we got a new champ. Yep. Yeah, I um, I hope because I mean, you know, it's not all Lashley because his booking hasn't been great since they've signed him. But I'm hoping he can find some of that uh, TNA Impact Wrestling Lashley he was working in that last run, because he had some really great matches with guys like Eddie Edwards and stuff. And he has not shown that at all during this run, though. Yeah, and obviously Finn is great, so it's mania. I'm hoping that, I'm hoping that, like, you know, will the will the real Bobby Lashley stand up, you know? <laughs> uh, I want to I see it, because when he's on, the dude is really good. And he's mining his own Demon King. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I think we see the, uh, we get the, the the mania demon entrance and uh, Bobby's fucked. Yep. <laughs> yeah, new champion there. Uh, we're gonna move on to the no holds barred match with Triple H's in ring career on the line. The H's versus Big. Well, he's kind of medium Dave Batista now. Medium Dave. I mean, he's a lot larger than like the normal man for the most part, but yeah. He's but not he's like not Big like- Dave back in the day, is what you're saying. He's certainly not the Leviathan. He's certainly not the <laughs> Leviathan. Good God, that guy couldn't even get in the door, Davis Arena. <laughs> I know. And uh, people that think you're kidding, no, seriously, look up Dave Batista as Leviathan in Ohio Valley Wrestling. Him and, him uh, and Lashley in Ohio. Jesus Christ. Those yeah, them and, them and John Cena and UPW back in the day. There's another one that was just gigantic. Yeah. Enormous. But, like, seriously, Coke's not joking. He was, like, as wide... Or wider than the, than a basic door frame, Pretty just a much. gigantic individual. And Triple H has gigantic moments as well. Yeah, there's a. I always laugh. I listen to the Brian and Vinny show when they review the um, the the old like Ron's Nitro from 19 years ago, and it's like it, it's kind of a running joke that I think would annoy a lot of people. But I always laugh because like every week Alvarez is like, I swear Triple H is 20 pounds bigger than last week. Because <laughs> it was it was in that ninety nine to two thousand era where he was growing by the week. Oh yeah, had the, had the uh, had the WrestleMania body before the WrestleMania body was really big. You know? I think it's still used out in the poster, don't they? Yeah, pretty much. It's like Triple H's head on the on the on the uh, the body the, the, at its peak there. <laughs> well, well, he was a little more puffy back then. Was the thing. Yeah, he's, le- he's leaned up now, but yeah, it's oh my god. He's, uh, yeah, that was a big dude too. But yeah, Batista and Lashley in Ohio Valley were just Ugh. absolute freaks of nature. Dude, this is another one of those matches that's gonna be better the shorter it goes. 
We don't need the, we don't need Triple H to go out there and try to work his twenty five minute WrestleMania epic match here with Batista. That's not gonna Thank work. Thank God you said it before I did. That's not gonna everybody work. Everybody hates when yeah. I say that. Yeah, well it's true. It's true. We don't need him going out there trying to work that WrestleMania epic. Um Triple H, I don't think he, I'm not sure he has it in him, and I don't think Batista has it in him at this point, which is, is not a slide against either man. They're they just are what they are at this in 2019. We don't need them to go out there forever. This needs to be kind of brief. We're talking no holds barred. So people throwing heavy lumber, maybe mixed in some foreign objects, things like that. It could be a lot of fun if it stays around 10, 15 minutes. And as far as uh, who wins, well, I mean, Triple H might have to retire. But does anyone actually believe that stipulation is going to matter? Come on now. Yeah, I mean, especially with Sean just coming back. He owns a damn company. He can come back whenever he wants. There's no, there's no chance he's actually going to retire. So if Batista is doing anything else with the company, which um, they say he's not, but you never know. There's a chance. I do think that the smart money is probably on Triple H here. Yeah. Um, I totally agree with what you said earlier because that's uh, I wrote that in my uh, the previous stuff I've been working on is that we don't need Triple H trying to work his epic main event match. We we just need something that plays to the stipulation well, and just you can't to I guess to a lesser extent play the hits. You you, you hit all your signature shit. You mix in the weapons like you said, throw heavy lumber and brawling. And um, I said this back when he did that match with Taker in Australia that was absolutely horrible. Just, there's there's a point in your career where you have to change. Okay? Yeah. And I talk about the New Japan dads a lot. You know, Tenzana, Kojima, Nagata, and guys like that. And even Liger. You know, it's like, Liger's like 53 years old. But Liger still has enough get up and go that he can go out there and have a four-star banger with Ishimori, which he ended this year. That match, oh, dude, that match was so great. I, the only thing that would have put it over the top because the crowd was totally into Liger winning, and I knew it would never happen. Yeah, I'm yeah. sitting there thinking in the back of my head, if this motherfucker pulls out a 53-year-old shooting star press, <laughs> I'm going to lose my shit. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, just a great match. But, like, Liger's offense obviously changed his style. But he still hits the cannonball. He still hits the brainbuster. Still hits the liger bomb. Yeah, yeah. You know, the big stuff. Does, yeah, he, he plays the hits, okay? And Nagata, same thing. Like, he just had a great match with Ishii in the New Japan Cup. Nagata's not working the same match he worked 10 years ago because he can't. It's strikes and kicks and the arm bar and the exploder, and it's, it's the hits, but he's smart enough to know when to do it and to work around. And I'd like to think, you know, Triple H, Pretty smart guy. Love what he does with developmental. I would like, you know, he. I know he wants to be Ric Flair, and I know he watched Flair deliver awesome matches in the movie. But you know what? For as much substance abuse as everything as Ric Flair had, <laughs> Triple H's body is just beat the hell from injuries and enhancements and yep, yep. You know, things breaking down. Because I'm sorry, you don't tear two quads and a bicep. Being completely natural. Well, the but Vince McMahon tore two quads at that Royal Rumble that one year, and he was obviously all natural. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that is that's such a fucking moment. <laughs> that is a WrestleMania moment at the Royal Rumble. I'm telling you right I just, now. 
That's so great. He runs down there, his little Vince power run. He goes to slide in, and all of a sudden it's like, God, mm. God damn it. God damn it, pal. And then he has to sit there and bark orders, and Batista and Cena are like, I think we're supposed to act afraid, man. Yeah. And Batista's like, he's fucking sitting on his ass. How do they manage to keep... It's a credit to Batista and Cena that they managed to keep character in that moment. Yeah. Because I would just burst out laughing, honestly. <laughs> yeah, really. But, um... Yeah, but I mean, I, I'm hoping that, like you said, keep it simple, play the hits, and just get in, get out. Doesn't have to be long. Here's the thing, too, is like, the main thing is like, people like the Triple H entrances. Give him the big entrance. <laughs> you know, give, give Batista his entrance. And then just go out there and be like, the two old dudes kicking the shit out of each other. Oh gosh, I was rewatching some stuff. I was doing. I was ranking Kurt Angle WrestleMania matches, and I watched again the the one from last year with him and Ronda against Triple H and Stephanie, and that that biker entrance with uh, with the with the female biker gang. Wow, that was something else. I don't know what it was, but it was something else. It was something. <laughs> we know that they had, uh, but Larry. Larry, they had green frickin' lasers. And you know damn well that only the top stars get green frickin' lasers. Yeah, like all those years on Impact. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, right. But no yeah, Joe back in the day with green lasers and ROH. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, Triple it's... Triple probably wins. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I'd say he wins. and I mean, I hope they have a good match. You know, I know Batista's looking at this as... You know, he's always wanted to do his retirement match with Triple H. And, you know, he gets to, you know, despite the storyline being the Triple H held him down, obviously, <laughs> obviously Triple H had a big part of putting him over and getting him to be a star. And, and um, you know, he, he'd be returned to favor and he can, he can go back to being Drax and making Marvel money and being happy. Should be fun. I, I, as as long as they keep it uh, short and not epic length, I think it'll be fun. Yeah, and that's what I'm hoping for. I just, I mean, I, I really hope the Triple H kind of looks back on that Undertaker match and goes, "Fuck, was I thinking?" Yeah, you know, it's like because the other thing is too obviously to consider is Batista hasn't been in the ring in a while, you know. So it's like yeah. you can work. You always hear wrestlers. You can work out in the gym all you want. You can do all the cardio you want, but it's different when you get out there. No doubt about it. That ring and again, I have, I have no doubt that he's trained his ass off because he seems like the kind of guy to me that would not want to embarrass himself by being out of shape or not being able to go, you know? He always looks in good shape, let's be honest. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, I just, you know he doesn't want to blow up out there in the middle of a big WrestleMania match. Yeah. So, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to that and. uh Another match I think has a lot of potential. We got AJ Styles versus Randall Orton. Yeah, it's uh, it's WWE versus the Indies. That's right. Versus the Indies slash TNA slash New Japan slash Ring of Honor. That's been the story of the feud. Randy Orton came up through the WWE system. He never spent a day outside the WWE system. He started out in Ohio Valley Wrestling, then went up to WWE, and he's been on the main roster. Uh, for as long as most people watching the shows have been alive, pretty much, at this point. That's what it feels like. He's just always been there, pretty much. 
always been WWE. And uh, AJ Styles, of course, had the opposite ex- experience where he started out uh, in the started out in the low levels of pro wrestling. He uh, made NWA a, Wild Side. NWA Wild Side is where he made his bones. He had that cup of coffee in WCW for like a brief second with Air Paris. And then he was with TNA forever and ever. He was pretty much to TNA what uh, Randy Orton was to WWE. He was just always there until a couple of years ago when TNA were idiots and they didn't they didn't want to give AJ his proper respect. And AJ was like, peace out. I'm going to go to New Japan. I'm going to go kick some ass there and, pre- and show why I'm the greatest wrestler in the world. And, you know, people like us always kind of had that idea. But other people just were kind of scared off by the whole TNA stench. But damn, once he got outside TNA, everybody's like, yeah, AJ's the best. AJ's the best. You remember that was a big conversation back in the day yeah. where AJ had the stench of TNA on him and people didn't want to give him the proper respect. We had a, all kinds of conversations with people about that. But, uh, you know, it, he, he has it now. He finally came to WWE and he's had a damn good run in WWE too. Earned the respect of pretty much everybody across the road. Now he's in this match with Randy Orton. Kind of, kind of, a, kind of a dream match in a way, I would say. Yeah, I think it is in the aspect that it's it's one of those matches a few years ago you thought we'd never see. Because yeah, there yeah. was, you know, Randy Orton wasn't leaving WWE to go to TNA. No. I mean, it's just he wasn't leaving WWE, period. And that's not a slight at the, the other company. It's just Randy is, he's, he's one of those there. guys that he, he feels like he's going to be like a lifer in some respect. Um, I think that, you know, when he finishes, he may do things like the big show and Mark Henry. You know, like ambassador stuff, because he's still going to be Randy Orton. I can't see Randy Orton as an ambassador, to be honest with you. Yeah, he, <laughs> dude, he, he'll do stuff, trust me. Yeah, I know. I know he I know. likes that money. Yeah, so. sure, sure. But, uh, but as far as the match goes, uh, when we're talking, you know how it is. Whenever it's WWE versus Indies, whenever it's WWE versus somebody else, like a few years back when, when Triple H faced Sting, is WWE versus WCW. WWE guy's going to win. Randy's yeah. going over. Yeah, I just um, I hope Randy has that big motivation, because like sometimes when he goes into big matches, it's just like he's never bad, but sometimes I think he has like flat. There's matches. there's a gear missing sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, and it's you know I, I want to see. I mean I hope that he uh, kind of has that chip on his shoulder. Like you know everybody thinks AJ is fucking great, but you know fuck you guys. I think there's a little bit of that. I think there's a little bit of that there. Yeah. But I just, um, I, I really think that there's, there, I think it has high tier potential. I think it could be great. Because, I mean, Randy's had great matches, obviously. AJ has a fucking gigantic portfolio of them. So, I mean, and you're on the WrestleMania stage. You know, so hopefully, hopefully this uh, ends up being as, uh, as good as I hope it can be. Because um, I think it would be, it's just a really strong addition because there's going to be some matches on here that are going to be definite clunker potential. You yeah, the yeah. Royals, this the, has, uh, has the tag match has the potential to steal the show. I think yeah. it's got that potential. So yeah, I am. Um, like I said though, this shit. I'm kind of looking forward to it. So we got a next up a singles match: Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre. The whole story has been a uh, Drew McIntyre essentially claiming and trying to destroy the Shield. He's essentially killed Dean Ambrose for real, and uh, he beat Seth Rollins, and now he's after the big dog, Steve. Ah, uh, you know, Drew McIntyre is very well protected uh, for for a long time since he came back. 
Remember last year when he was tag teaming with Drew with uh, Dolph Ziggler, and they made sure that uh, Drew wasn't one getting pinned. He wasn't one taking losses. Then all of a sudden he starts dropping matches back, and you know left and right. Like him and Dolph Ziggler go fifty fifty, and him and Finn Balor go fifty fifty, and it just kind of fell off. It felt like the bloom came off the Drew Rose a little bit to me, and I think it did to a lot of people. I'm not quite sure he's reached that uh, same level yet, where it seems like he's supposed to be a next big uh, heel threat. I mean, maybe it's there. I- I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing Drew McIntyre's anything else right now, other than uh, the guy who's going to lose to Roman Reigns and Reigns' big uh, return slash uh, singles. Has he had a singles match since coming back? No, he, he it's had tough the, to keep track with all these raws. You know, we got when he got like ten hours television a week. It's tough to keep track. But yeah, he's just been tag teams, right? Yeah, sure. he did the big Shield yeah. tag team at the pay per view and. That's uh pretty much it. They've done promo segments, so yeah, yeah. That's the thing is um, you know, it's like it, for as much as Drew could use a huge WrestleMania win over Roman Reigns, I just can't see it happening because this is kind of like the culmination of the Roman Reigns return story. He, he beat leukemia. He came back. He reunited the Shield. He yep, got yep. one more match with his best friends, and now he's going to Mania which everybody assumed he was going to miss. And, you know, the big win at WrestleMania, you know, it's like like we always say, WWE is, they like creating moments. They make movies. That's what Vince always says. And, uh, you know, Roman Reigns coming back and winning the Mania is a moment. It is. So, I mean, that's, I mean, if they go with, if they go with the Drew win, I'd be absolutely shocked. Uh, Yeah, and I just, there are some matches where I could see them going against the grain and picking an unlikely winner. This is not one of them. And Roman yeah. Reigns, I think he has to win his big singles comeback match, and then that sets him up to be the challenger for the uh, Universal Championship or for whatever championship. Exactly. So, Definitely agree there. And speaking of championships, we're going to scoot over to the WWE Championship match. Champion Captain Planet Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Uh, he's our hero. Defending yeah, against Kofi. That's right. Defending against Kofi Kingston. And they uh, finally Co- made it. They finally made yeah. the match. <laughs> finally made the match after weeks of dragging it out. We're getting a week. contract signing next week though, Larry. So oh, you goddamn you gotta have a contract signing, pal. I know, but it's <laughs> it I felt like they were really stretching things out. I was really worried they were gonna lose that support for Kofi. And I tell you what, man, I'm uh, I'm over the gauntlet match. There you go. I'm um, I'm done. Don't need to see any more for a while. We can put on the list with the uh, handicap match, the things we don't need to see anymore. Yeah, it's just uh, it felt like they weren't bad. I thought they were good. It's just like it just felt like the same fucking shit all the time. It's like yeah, help yeah. me out a little bit, you know? It's like I get you're trying to tell the like the big underdog story and everything, and there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm over the gauntlet match, so. Daniel Bryan defending against Kofi, Steve. What are you thinking? Well, we talk, we've talked about this before. It seems like everything's building to Kofi winning, and I think Kofi should win. Uh, but but there's always a but. There's some, sad, there's some doubts starting to seep into my mind of this whole situation. I mean, Daniel Bryan did have that lovely championship belt made. Can I call it a belt? Probably not. But that championship with <laughs> the, the oak tree stuff and the hemp and, oh. It's a pretty belt. I hate to see it go to the waist so soon, wouldn't you? I would. 
it's a fantastic piece of business. And I don't think Kofi, I, I could see Kofi possibly having a championship belt now of pancakes. Um, not sure how that would work, but they're like sp- spinning pancakes on spinning, the side plates, spinning pancakes on the side plate, possibly, uh, possibly may, may have unicorn skin, something like that. There you go. I could see that working, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I feel like there's going to be a little hitch in the giddy up here. I feel like something's going to go awry, especially since it's, it's not going to be a main event match. Uh, so I feel like Daniel Bryan's going to overcome the odds and something we would have thought not thought was possible uh, just a few months ago. Daniel Bryan getting booed as he wins his WrestleMania. Uh, WrestleMania. Yeah, I um, I think like the one good thing coming out of this is because you know there have been teases and rumors that they could break up the New Day, and I think the good news is is that if Kofi wins or loses. You have natural stories coming out of that to do that. Because yeah, he, yeah. he can win the title, and then the other two could be jealous. And that's, that's just basic storytelling. But the other thing is, is if Kofi loses, you know, Woods and Biggie can be like, we fucking got you here. Like, we supported you. We kept, you know, when it was money in the bank time and the rumble time, we kept saying you were going to be champion. And then we literally got you into this match. And he's got you opportunity and you fucked up. So I mean, yeah, I mean I could I could see that. Um I could see Brian winning definitely for sure and retaining. But um I and part of my pick is because of what I'm gonna pick in the next matches. I think Kofi might do it. I think they might go for the big moment. I mean I, I, I think Brian holding it longer and like defending against Miz in the pay per view and stuff makes sense. I mean I could see that too, but I I think Kofi might win it. They might pull off the big moment, and then we'll see what happens. But put a gun to my head, I'm not 100 percent sure, honestly. And, uh, like That's a good thing, match. though. That's a good yeah, thing. Yeah, it is. I, and I love that. Um, next match is the Universal Title match: Champion Brock Lesnar defending against <laughs> Seth Rollins. And the reason I think Kofi might win, Steve. Oh yeah. Because I think Brock might win here. Because you think Brock might win because. We've had the story happen at WrestleMania where everybody thinks, oh, Brock Lesnar is going to lose because he's going to leave and blah, blah, blah. And yet Brock Lesnar still wins. And I can see it happening here, too. Um, what's uh, what's Brock's contract status? Is this another situation where we're not sure if he's going to stick around or not? Yeah, and again, he's teasing the UFC stuff, and that's yeah. that's what he does all the time to amp his contract up. It and, works. You I know, can't yeah, believe I now say, it works. Hey, one of the smartest men in wrestling, Steve. He he's, really he's is. right up there with like Jericho and uh and Double J and you know. Double J. Oh, doesn't get much doesn't get much more than Jeff Jarrett, that's for sure. But hey, Jeremy uh, and I talked about that. Yeah. You gotta respect the fact that he went from losing TNA to failing with Global Force to almost being hired by Anthem to run everything. Yeah. To yeah. being a raging alcoholic and turning up <laughs> in indie shows drunk. <laughs> to going to rehab the WWE paid for, to getting into the WWE Hall of Fame, and now he's like one of the head dudes on fucking WWE creative. He's That's, he's he's got to be the most charming man on the planet, doesn't he? Ain't he great? Ain't but, he um, great? But yeah, I think I think Brock is somehow going to renegotiate again because yeah, they yeah. got got the Fox move coming up. Yeah, and I yeah. think Vince loves money. the idea of having Brock around, especially if Ronda's leaving. I think he loves having Brock around, and I think Brock will again negotiate for more money and less dates 
because Vince loves him and because Vince has fuck you money now. There you have it. Vince, uh, come on, Vince already had fuck you money, didn't he? Well, he has fuck you and your whole family money now. Oh, okay. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, fair point though, Steve. I'll get you. Yeah, yeah. And, at the, and if we're going to build up Roman Reigns as a conquering hero next in line for the championship, it would make more sense to have Brock as a champion. Yeah. I mean, that, that kind of leaves Seth Rollins up the upper creek without a paddle, but, eh, you know. He'll figure something. He's Seth Rollins. He'll figure something out. He is the architect, apparently. He is the architect. He keeps getting, I mean, he keeps getting pushes. He'll, he'll have his time again. So, and to close, now we don't, it's, again, we're recording on a Sunday, so we don't know the Official stipulation for the match. Oh, yeah, with the the official stipulation. Yeah, because it's a Raw champion, Ronda Rousey, defending against Becky Lynch, and now SmackDown Women's Champion, Charlotte. Yeah. The the rumor is that it's going to be winner take all, but apparently that's not the case. It sounds like it's going to be winner. uh, You know, if if Becky pins one of the champions, whoever pins one of the champions gets their belt. Is what it sounds like it's going to end up being. So if Charlotte um, pins Ronda, she gets both titles. If Becky pins one of the champions, she gets their titles. You know, so um, yeah, yeah. This, this is the big moment, Steve. The the women get the main event spot, and it's um, it's something that's been talked about for a long time, and you have the opportunity now because you you have Ronda Rousey on your roster, you have Becky Lynch that has gotten insanely over. And then you have a legacy in Charlotte Flair, who is, she's one of the chosen ones, Ric Flair's daughter, and it seems to all work. And plus the thing is, and I don't mean this as disrespectful, because it would be the same for anybody that made events, you don't need a rock in Austin to sell pay-per-view lives anymore, because you have the network, number one, but number two, WrestleMania is the draw. You know, the brand is the draw now. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, if you have a great match, it helps, but I mean, we have to face facts, and it's the brand that you're on. No, no. So you gotta, you know, this is, um, again, I think you could have done just Becky and Rhonda, but I get why they're doing this, because they want to try to give both the rub, because Rhonda's reportedly leaving after Mania, thinking about having a baby. She may come back, she may not, they don't know yet, but, um, Steve, is this the culmination of the Becky story, or is uh, is she going to get boned here? It feels like it has to be a culmination, because I don't think they can... They've, they're already kind of stretching it a little bit with the wonderful storyline, the saga that's led to this match. Uh, just all sorts of uh, wonderful uh, twists and turns. I know you're, you're as big a fan of storytelling as I am, probably. Uh, it's, been, it's been something. But we got in here, and none of that's going to matter as long as they have a great match. As long as the right person wins, and to me, the right person—it uh, has to be Becky Lynch. She's the choice of the people. Um, she's the uh, she's the person that people want to be in this match. They want they want her and Ronda and Charlotte's there, and I guess that's fine. It is what it is. And I think Charlotte will make the match better. I think it'll be a better match this way than it would have been with just Ronda and Becky. I think Flair improves it in that aspect, but at the same time, Becky, I think, has to win. Just to kind of justify the whole story, the question is who she pins. Does she does she pin Ronda, or does she make Ronda tap, or do they have her pin Flair and take the SmackDown Women's Championship? And does Ronda become like an absentee champion, like Brock Lesnar? 
Um, honestly, I think for the story, um, as overcomplicated as it got, I, I think that I think you don't fuck around. You just Becky wins and she pins Ronda or she taps her. Yeah. I don't think they're gonna have her tap her though. But no, I, I don't think Ronda's gonna tap out. No. But I mean, I think Becky has to beat Ronda for it to really pay off the whole story. And I'm, I think I'm with I, you, but at the same time. Yeah. I know. It's uh it's the WWE booking and yeah. And I'm also of a school of thought that if you're going to have the Raw Women's Champion, and if you have a SmackDown Women's Champion in the match, I think the I think Tyler's got to be unified. I'm sorry. I know people don't want to hear that. I know that uh, I know that's probably not a popular school of thought. But if there's something we've learned from the booking of Asuka over the past few months, and it's something we already knew, but this company cannot book two women's divisions at the same time. They just can't. So no, why not I, have one woman's champion be a floating champion? Like, I mean, theoretically, Bailey and Sasha are supposed to be floating champions. They're they're not really floating around so much as we had hoped. But theoretically, the idea of floating champion kind of works. So why not have one woman's champion and then one woman's tag team champion? It, it makes sense to me, anyway. Yeah, I don't disagree with it at all. Actually, I I would rather because I think that I think that, like you said, the booking of this feud and the stuff with Oscar shows that they can't focus on both at the same time because they totally, I, I said they, they fucking eviscerated the SmackDown women's division. They did. It's it just Oscar was a, they, they started, like I said, they started that runoff so well with the TLC when it went over Becky. And then they just, because Becky and Charlotte had to be focused on the raw women's title more. They just never really did anything with SmackDown. They didn't do anything with Oscar. They never really made a dedicated attempt to build up a star in that division. No, and no. Again, you we, had we, other we, options. And we mentioned I mentioned the whole Mandy Rose thing with Oscar. And hell, even that would have been fine if they had given us a reason to care about care about Mandy Rose prior to that. Yes, but that's the thing. They had to give you a reason to care, and they didn't. Yeah, so. it's frustrating. But, but yeah, I'm 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 going for the Becky win. I think it's, I think sometimes you just have to go with the simple and right thing to do. So you think that they'll they'll just have Becky be the champion on Raw and then Charlotte the champion on SmackDown? And yeah. hell, maybe that leads to a unification match down the line. Yeah, you could easily do that. I mean, you never know what's going to happen with that Fox deal and everything. I mean, they may decide when they get the Survivor Series. You yeah, know how they yeah. do the title versus title matches. They could do the, the unification matches this year. That way they can spread, and then you can have, like, Roman Reigns on Raw and SmackDown. You can have, like, the, the top stars on both shows, which both networks are going to want anyway. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But, um, yeah, that's, uh, that is the WrestleMania card. I, th- I think that we'll agree on two fronts, Steve, that it's a bit bloated, but that there is potential for a lot of good stuff. There could be a few. There could be a couple good hours scattered across the show somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like two of the seven hours. Yeah, <laughs> but I just um, oh, And the other thing that worries me, and I talked about this a lot, is WWE for a company that does so many things right in terms of business and everything, and they've been in business for so long. They know a lot of things, but sometimes the pacing of their shows is just absolutely horrible. Who's in charge of that these days, anyway? 
Uh, I don't know. I think I'll blame Billy Kidman. I see his no, picture. Okay, Billy Kidman's uh, timing the shows. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll blame uh, William Kidman there. But I just I hope that they lay out the show smartly, um, space out some of the stuff that has a chance to be really great. You know, because the, the worst thing is going to be is like, it's like, like sometimes a New Japan show, it's a little different, but like sometimes like the last three or four matches will be totally great and amazing. And that's awesome. But some like the worst thing you would want to do is, is like if for some reason, like the majority of the great matches get crunched in the middle and then you just have this like dead area of not a lot happening and then more of that afterwards, you know? So I just, I hope everything gets laid out well. And I just, I hope it, I hope it doesn't go too long because that's another thing. It's like when you get towards the end of it, I hate at the end of a show feeling like, God, I wish this was over. Yeah, I'm yeah. Not feeling like that. I, I want to have fun. You know, I love the wrestling. You know, I want to want to have a good time watching it and everything. But yeah, so hoping for the best here. And uh, you know, I'm a little fearful of the G1 Supercard too. Just a lot of lot of lot of great stuff potentially, but that show's gonna be at least five hours, I think. There's some there's- stuff that looks good, and then some stuff that's just like, yeah. And then there's something like Dalton Castle versus Rush that I would have been more excited about if Dalton Castle wasn't, you know completely broken down yeah yeah it's like i'm not unless it's bully ray getting killed by minoru suzuki oh, don't, God, don't care yeah. about it. there's no need for bully ray on the card unless it's you know suzuki be cool but other than that no yeah <laughs> but uh, and, uh then you have like the third kelly klein mayu watani match and kelly it's like again kelly klein has had not good matches with her I want to say I saw that there were five i think they've had five matches or this could be the fifth i think i, no, I, think it's I like read fifth, that somewhere Fifth overall, but third this year. Oh, okay. Because they had the they had the title change early this year. Then they had the seventeenth anniversary match, and then this one. Okay, I think I think they were t- I think they're tied at two. I think it's the story. Yeah, but I just um, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm over it. So, but the, then again, there's you have a lot of good stuff because like Naito and Ibushi are rematching. Yeah, and that was just amazing in the New Japan Cup, and they had. A, G1 match a year or two ago that was awesome. So I'm looking forward to stuff like that. But yeah, I would have looked forward to Dalton Castle and Rush too if uh, Dalton Castle wasn't a show of himself. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a bad part there. And you got like Okada and MSG, and you know that that's got to be like six stars, right? At least. Do you get well, more I mean, stars for being an MSG, or is it just the Tokyo Dome? I don't know. It might just be the Tokyo Dome. I mean, you got to have the Japanese buys. Yeah, maybe. So that that looks good. I'm not sure about this triple threat ladder match business. I'm not too sure about that. Yeah, what concerns me is like none of those guys are really ladder match guys. No. And then you have like a in terms of ROH ladder matches, there's a lot to live up to. They've had some good ones. The ladder wars. Yeah, with uh, yeah. Generico and Steen and the Briscoes. And later on, you had like the Young Bucks and the Addiction and. Who else is in that? Somebody else. Uh, Motor City Machine Guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've had some. Yeah. They've had some barn burners. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I'm hoping for. I think there's going to be a lot of great stuff on that show. I just, uh, again, I hope it's, uh, I hope it's timed well, laid out well, and uh, you know, by the end, I'm hoping I am just having fun and not going. God, I wish it was over. Now the mention, the mention of of Steen and Generico makes me wonder real quick, and this is a one final resume question. Kevin Owens, where's he at? <laughs> I am gonna guess maybe he's John Cena's opponent. Okay, okay, they they got a history. I can see that. 
It would be better than being stuck in the fucking Andre. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Kevin Owens hosts. Uh, maybe he hosts the Kevin Owens show and has John Cena on it. Hmm? There you go. There we go. I don't know. So we will uh, see what happens. Um, thank you for joining me again, as always, Steve. I appreciate it. It was a and, good time, Larry Zonka. Yeah, so do you, what, are you, what are you cooking up this week uh, for your columns? Oh, I don't know yet. Oh, gosh. It's going to be a busy, busy week over here, Larry. Got some, we got the baseball going on. We got, of course, all kinds of wrestling going on. I'm doing, I got my column for the chair shot uh, kind of figured out right now. And of course we got the lit, we got the magnificent seven. We got the botch coming up. What do you think would be a nice uh, list topic for, we can, we're going to do something WrestleMania for sure. Gotta be WrestleMania themed. Trying to try and think of something. I mean, there's idea of many women's matches or something. I don't know. I'm just kind of throwing, I'm kind of spitballing, honestly. Yeah, you got a, got a lot of options you can do. Do like top seven women's moments or matches of Mania. Um, since the women are main eventing, um, maybe well, if you were get mad when I put Terry and Cat in the list. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could do something like, um, you know, top seven Triple H Mania matches. Yeah, since he's in a big match. I mean, you get a lot to play with on that Love card because just there's a ton of people on the card. You know, Seventeen hours lot. long. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> oh, we'll but, uh, out. Yeah. So that sounds good. But uh, again, thanks, Steve. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening to the 411 on wrestling. Remember, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, um, Downcast, and other things, as well as YouTube. Make sure you subscribe and share. We would greatly appreciate it. And uh, have a good WrestleMania weekend. Stay safe.